This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello, everyone. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good life. Welcome to the Liverpool.com podcast. I am your overexcitable host, Mo Stewart, and I'm joined by Ben Bochak and Matt Addison. And we have a whole agenda. We have a whole thing we're going to get through, but it's impossible not to talk about what happened last night just for a little bit. So, Matt, we did a show last week where we went all through what we should do in big games and how, you know, being solid and not losing is the most important thing. And then I said, maybe we should just go out there and try and batter them because we're that much better than them. Do you think they were actually listening? Uh, to be honest with you, to be honest with you, Moen, and by the time this goes out, it won't be last night. I should point that out to, to listeners. It'll be a couple of days afterwards, but we are recording this on Monday and we're all I am very, I'm already very, very excited. Yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> sure we'd, we'd still be this excited on Tuesday as well okay. as, as Monday, I'm sure. But uh, to be honest with you, I, I really don't think that Liverpool were perfect. I don't think that Liverpool played as well as what they can do. And I don't think it was necessarily that they just went all out attacking and went for them. I just think United were so, so abysmally bad. That's what it looked like. And I really, really, really am glad that, you know, it, it, it's been shown up that there is this difference between these teams because, I mean, for, for the last half an hour of, of the game, I'm not quite sure what Gary Neville was watching, but it, it was definitely a different game to what I was watching. Um, yeah, the, the, there's no doubt about it. The gulf is absolutely vast between these two teams. And I think that that's all it was. I think it was... It was a difference in in quality and class. They were well below par. I think Liverpool were, were probably par for, for what they can do. They can do a lot better. Um, but yeah, that, that's what it comes down to. I don't think it was a tactic for Liverpool to, to go all out attack. But when you've got an opponent as, as weak and pathetic as that, you might as well go for it. I mean, there's a difference between setting out to go all out attack and walking through wide open spaces when they're presented in front of you. And as Matt says, that's pretty much what we have been. Um, we were talking a little bit off air as well about the fact that United, with the obvious exception of Rafa Varane, could call on all of their stars. Whereas Liverpool, we've rested Joel Matip. Obviously, Fabinho's got a knock. Uh, we lose two players in the game. Um, and yet still, it was remarkably easy. It was a breeze in the park. I, I think even the players, you could see the, the expressions of disbelief on their faces. Like they just couldn't believe like how easy it was, especially after the first goal. Like the way United just opened up with like two passes, it was uh, yeah, unbelievable. I don't think we'll, we'll ever have another similar experience at Old Trafford again. Well, I mean, we probably won't. I mean, we must be thankful for this one and we will all celebrate it as I hope you will out there as well. And I'm sure there will be plenty of analysis of exactly what went wrong for Manchester United, what went right for Liverpool. But I mean, I'm not sure we've had a better week in a long time. What, three wins, was it 13 goals scored? It was okay. That was the kind of victory at Old Trafford that we're going to be talking about forever and ever and ever. And in that vein, that's what we're going to be talking about today. Those big statement wins, the ones that you remember. And not only are these the ones where we've had great performances, sometimes they just become a marker for the future, where we've maybe cleared the barrier that previously set us back, or we've gone up a level 
to a certain degree where we've been able to say, okay, that was the point that things really turned in our favour. Um, I originally planned to do this over the whole Premier League era, and I still will. But when I was doing some um, investigation in this to kind of give you guys some options to chew over, I went through the Jurgen Klopp era to begin with. There's a lot there. There's a lot there in the Jurgen Klopp era. So I'm going to play this game as well, I should point out. All of my three are from the Klopp era. So that's all I'm saying. I'm trying to get a show here where we're not all saying the same ones. So I think we've probably got quite a few to choose between. But it's the top three I'll be asking all of you. We'll be doing it in a snake draft manner. So Matt, you'll choose your third. I'll choose my third. Ben, you'll choose your third, then your second, and back and back and back. And then at the end, just for funsies, we'll try and discuss whether any of them will beat what happened on Sunday night. Okay, so let's start with you, Matthew. What is your third best statement win from Liverpool? I mean, uh, you sent this agenda over about three or four hours ago, and I've I've still not come to a conclusion, even though we're <laughs> now recording. Um, so I think... There's just so many. It's so hard to, to pick, isn't it? Um, tell you what, there's there's kind of there's the more obvious ones and there's the less obvious ones. I think at some point probably someone is going to mention Madrid, but that maybe wasn't a statement in the same way that some of the other games were, even though they're lesser games. So um, I'm going to go. I'm going to go for the four nil against Leicester on Boxing Day in third place. I think. Mm. I think that's as close to a perfect performance as, as what Liverpool have produced. It's a Leicester team that at the time were a lot better than what they've been this season. And I, that was that was maybe the first time that you thought, OK, we might never see a, a Liverpool team as good as this ever mm. again. And, and hopefully that's not the case. <laughs> I still think I still think at this point we've, we've not seen anything quite to that standard of, of perfection, really, in terms of just from start to finish, the performance, the team it was against, and just the, the situation, really, of they'd not long come back, I don't think, from, from the Club World Cup. At that point, everyone was kind of like, well, a bit of a chance here for Leicester because Liverpool will be tired, but mm. they just gave them absolutely no chance. It was a remarkable game. I'm kind of surprised to see that one come off the board so early, but you're right, Matt. It was one that, when you're thinking about those games, is one that instantly comes to mind because... He's right, Ben, isn't he? I mean, when you put it into the context, we had been on the other side of the world five days beforehand. We were playing at the home of the team in second place in the league. Everybody else was setting this up as a big title clash, a big chance for Leicester, who had been improving at a rapid rate, to come and show that there was still some meat in this title bones. But there wasn't. There wasn't at all. And... I was watching this game. I was in America at the time. I was visiting family because it was on Boxing Day. And we watched it in a pub in Philadelphia. And I don't know what they're normally like, but it felt like I could have been on the cop. Everybody was bouncing. Everybody was singing. To The lungs couldn't sing anymore. It was one of those moments that I'll always remember. And I think, as Matt says, it was one of the best performances we've seen from this team in a very long time. I think it was one of the best performances from Trent Alexander-Arnold as well. Mm-hmm. Like he was brilliant on the day. Uh, but yeah, I, I like he said. Like I remember, we had in that period we had the, when we had to play our reserves in the League Cup as well because mm-hmm. there was some crazy scheduling in, in that month. 
And yeah, uh, after all those games, uh, that was kind of towards the end of that heavy fixture congestion. And to still put up a performance like that was spectacular. It was. Okay. It's time for me to pick my first now. I'm going to go a little bit further back in time uh, to the Etihad. Uh, I believe it was November of 2015. Uh, Liverpool went to the Etihad and scored four goals against Manchester City. I believe also it was included Roberto Firmino's very first Liverpool goal, which is obviously significant. But the real significance of this game was it was the first time the so-called gig and pressing really came out and really took hold of a game. We heard a lot about it in press. I think it was one of those things that the press had almost kind of talked it up as a potential stick to beat Klopp with. We often find when a new manager and a new philosophy comes into this country, there are lots of people here really keen to see it not work. Obviously going up against a Manchester City team that, I mean, in that season, they didn't end up great, but they had been very, very good over the last two seasons. And they still had the likes of Yaya Torre to call on. They had Kevin De Bruyne and Raheem Sterling and Sergio Aguero in that side. And we had in our defence, Alberto Moreno, Dejan Lovren, Martin Skirtle and Nathaniel Klein. And we didn't give them a sniff. It was the kind of thing that made you really sit up and go, okay, maybe this guy's onto something. Do you remember this game, Matt? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm sure everyone listening will will remember it clearly as well. And it was uh, it, it was the first glimpse, like you say, of of that high press. But it was also the first glimpse, I think, of of what Roberto Firmino could do for Liverpool under this Jurgen Klopp team. We'd kind of seen him play in all sorts of positions. I think he played at, at wing back, didn't he, at, at one point for Brendan Rodgers. So this this was the kind of performance that we expected to to get from him um, when he first signed, but we hadn't seen it up until this point pretty much and certainly not in in a game of, of this magnitude and yeah I just I remember the the link up between him and, and Coutinho and that was that was the kind of that was the first sort of moment where you kind of saw what the plan was for Liverpool it was yeah. intense it was still you know to be far more refined I mean you, you talk about that that back four there clearly Liverpool have, have come a long way since then and, and lots of things have changed but um yeah even though it's it's not the same Manchester City as, as what it is today, to, to go there and do that. They were still, at, at the time, a team that Liverpool would look at and think that's the level that we need to get to. And to go there and, and put in that sort of statement was was absolutely brilliant. It was fantastic. And, and as Matt rightly says, um, it wasn't the team of stars with which we think about when we think about Jurgen Klopp now and the way we play. He'd only been in the building a month. So he hadn't really been able to really do anything in terms of moving people in and out. It was more a case of moving them around. But like I said, if it gave us confidence, it would have been unbelievable for the squad to be able to see the results come so quickly. Absolutely. I think Coutinho was really good that day as well. And just just the whole team. Like, um, I think at that point, we hadn't really got a lot of good results against City at the Etihad. No. Uh, so to get that win was was really special. No, and I mean, unfortunately, we haven't had that many of them since, but it's still a good one to start with. Okay, Ben, what's your number three pick? It's um, quite dated as well. Um, the 5-4 against Norwich, uh, when we saw Cobb's glasses come off and uh, it's a pretty spectacular game. I think 
Norwich went 3-1 up. Um, and it was probably the first sort of comeback in the Klopp era. And I think at that point, like, a lot of people questioned Klopp and, like, they weren't fully on board with him. Mm. But to see those crazy celebrations and, and, and that comeback so late on, I think that was the first of, like, sort of, like, showing what's to come. And obviously since then we've had a, a lot better comebacks. But, yeah, that was... a a quintessential Klopp performance, I would say. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. I think the the most important kind of portent for the future from that game for me, Matt, was the fun. And how much fun we could have watching this Liverpool side and how willing Klopp was to literally get involved with it. Yeah, yeah, there's there's been a few sort of things where he's, you know, he's had Sadio Mane on his back at, at certain times. He's had all sorts of, of things along the touchline, but that is that is the one, isn't it, with, with Lalana breaking his glasses and, and that all that sort of thing. And I was I was delighted actually that it was Lalana that got that winning goal because mm-hmm. I think he is or he certainly was until he obviously left uh, 18 months ago or whatever. He was a huge, huge part of, of what Jurgen Klopp did. He was one of the first ones to to implement that press that system he was obviously the you got the iconic image of, of him coming off against Tottenham wasn't it in his first yeah. game where he just sort of collapses into his arms on the sidelines and I think for, for him that was a, a really nice moment and a, a moment that I think Jurgen Klopp would have celebrated that goal in a similar way you know whoever had scored it but I think it, it was extra special with it being him because certainly for the first couple of seasons of, of Jurgen Klopp at Liverpool Adam Lallana was kind of the clock on the pitch, if you like, in terms of applying the system, the press, all the rest of it. He was the perfect player, really, for, for Jurgen Klopp. And obviously others like Firmino and Mane and, and Salah have well overtaken that since. But at the time, he was a, a really vital cog, really, in, in putting Jurgen Klopp's stamp into this Liverpool squad. Oh, 100%. He was very much, like you say, the embodiment of that early team. And it's such an iconic image the, the Baywatch image, as I call it, with Adam Lallana with his shout off running towards Klopp and then the embrace. It's, I think whenever Klopp retires, that's definitely one of the images we're going to be seeing replayed over and over again. In fact, and when Adam Lallana retires from playing football, he's probably going to see it a lot as well. OK, Ben, uh, let's go back to you within the snake draft. Your second pick now. It's actually one from last season. Um, it's a, another trip to Old Trafford. Uh, and um, it was the 4-2 against United. When United, a few days before, had rested all their star players, they essentially played an under-23 team against Leicester, who were our biggest rival for the top four. Uh, and, it, and it looked like the top four was slipping away and there was not going to be any Champions League football next season. And people were starting to say, you know, Klopp's out of touch, he's lost it, he hasn't got the magic in it and this Liverpool team is finished. And then we went to Old Trafford, United playing their best team essentially and us playing Nat Phillips and Reese Williams at the back and we pretty much annihilated them. Like, it, it was a pretty comfortable performance on the night and um, I think it was a big statement to show that, no, Liverpool are not finished, we're still back and we can still, we'll be back next season. And we proved that, obviously. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, they really weren't paying attention, were they? Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, I, I almost put this game on my board and then I took it off again because 
I mean, I, you, it's hard to really gauge the significance of it at that point because we were going for the Champions League. But us not getting into the Champions League probably would have been so seismic that that change, we haven't really had to kind of absorb it, but the change would have been potentially quite drastic. So I do think it's worthy. And it's one of those knockabout games, but it is very much... Uh, it's got all of the highlights of last season, as 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 Ben mentioned, Matt. The the appearance of Nat Phillips, who all got his assist in that game as well. The fact that we went behind, then we went ahead, and then they kind of started coming back, and then we had the salad goal for the finish. It it was a bit of a roller coaster game, but it was one that I really enjoyed. Yeah, a roller coaster, but one that was was huge because you know the the results at the end of of that season. You think of the Allison header as well, and and all the rest of it to to put together that run of form under that much pressure. It was absolutely huge for Liverpool to get into the Champions League because I remember saying it plenty of of times on these shows at the time. Was the annoying thing would have been if Liverpool had missed out on the top four. Okay, you could explain it. You could say, well, they had no centre backs. The injuries were crazy. But then it doesn't just impact that season, it impacts the following season as well. Yeah. And what Liverpool have, have done this season in the Champions League, it just literally would not have been possible without that runner at the end. So, yeah, to, to go to Old Trafford, I think that was the first time Jurgen Klopp had, had won there. I think it was the first time that Mohamed Salah had scored there. It was just sort of, even though there was no fans in there, it still felt like a, a big win. Yeah. And obviously we've reaped the, the rewards of that already this season. Oh, we have. It would have been an absolute travesty if this Liverpool team weren't in the Champions League. I mean, I'd say we're looking like the best team in it, but you never know. That might be more stories to lay on to future episodes of this. But I am going to maintain the Champions League theme with my second pick. I'm going to go a bit further back in time. Maybe a surprising vote for some. I'm going to say when we went to Porto and we won 5-0. And the reason that I'm using that game is because it was our first Champions League knockout game in nine years. Obviously, we had been in the Champions League in 14-15. It was a bit of a disaster. Uh, even the last year, Rafa, uh, that was a bit of a disaster as well. We didn't get out of the group stage. So our Champions League history was a lot in the past. There was a lot of talk. So whereas we were feeling good about ourselves and our team, there were still plenty of people beyond our walls who weren't really convinced by it. But that game, the Sadio Mane hat-trick, Mohamed Salah's goal, that's still, I mean, still probably in my top three favourite Salah goals, considering how much he's done, is ridiculous. The, the touch, the control, the little sealed dribble on his head. I, I, it was just one of those games where I went into it thinking oh, this is going to be a tight game, and came out of it just thinking, wow. And I think I wasn't the only one, Ben. I think, like I said, it wasn't just us Liverpool fans who were talking about that game. It was everyone across Europe. Yeah, it was those, those Porto games away from home kind of blend into one now. <laughs> that, was the first one. that was the first one, I think. The, the first one, yeah. I mean, uh, just, I think I remember... Um, all the nerves and everything, you know, having come through the group and having wanted to play these knockout rounds and yeah. knowing how strong Porto are. And, and normally, even now, they're, they're still a tough side to face when they're not playing against Liverpool. But um, so so there were there was trepidation, like going to Porto away from home with all their fans. Like 
we were not expecting that outcome at the end of it and to have come through that and then essentially the, the, making the second leg no end void really and um to be able to head into the quarterfinals for after a very long time was was very very just refreshing it was it was beautiful the way we were able to do it so easily and I mean, Ben makes a point there. Not many people go to Porto and do that at all. I mean, they had a very, very long unbeaten run in European football. No one had ever scored more than three goals against them in that time. And we did it easily. And not only did we do it easily, but I feel like that became the catalyst for what became a run in the Champions League that took us all the way to the final, that produced some football, the likes of which I can't even imagine have seen at the start of that season. Yeah, no, I think that you mentioned that obviously Liverpool have played Porto a lot since then. I think that kind of takes away a little bit from how good a, a result that is. I know they've done it twice more since then, but to go to Porto and win that convincingly is is a testament really to to the forward line that, that Liverpool have. I think that was the difference, the, the quality mm-hmm. we mentioned before about just going for it in these games. That's, that's what Liverpool did in, in Europe because, you know, Possibly their defence maybe wasn't as, as strong at that point. If you can go in and score a couple of away goals, that puts you in a perfect position. But yeah, to, to just go there, score five, make it look easy. It was uh, yeah, a pretty perfect performance. And one that I personally will remember. And like I say, some people may disrespect Porto, but when you look at their European pedigree, I mean, they knocked out Juventus last season, not a lot long ago. So you have to respect them, even though we will probably beat them again this season. Okay, Matt, who's your second pick? My second pick is also in the Champions League and I thought it was going to be the one that you were going to say just then, but I'm going to go for for the Bayern Munich away game Um, just because it was Bayern Munich, it was Jurgen Klopp going back to Germany, the goal from Sadio Mane, the pass from Virgil van Dijk. I just think this this was a performance that even, well, far more so, I think, than than the Porto game that the rest of Europe would have looked at and gone, all right, okay, Bayern mm-hmm. Munich, they've, they've gone there, they've done that to them. I don't know the exact stats of, of how many times Bayern Munich concede three goals at home, but it, it cannot be that frequently. No, uh, I mean, no spoilers, but that was potentially going to be one of my number ones. Like, <laughs> no spoilers at all. I have kind of had to have more than one number one because I anticipated... You guys picking some of them. Yeah, that was going to be on my list. So I agree in as much as it is, in a lot of ways, a level up from the Porto because of the level of um, opposition. It was a Bayern Munich who were potentially in transition, but we have to remember the home leg had gone nil-nil, Ben. So Bayern definitely went into that game thinking that they were going to progress. And the other key difference between this performance and the one against Porto is it actually led to Liverpool winning the trophy? Yeah, I think Kimmich made uh, quite overzealous statements before the game. Like Bayern were pretty confident. And then uh, I think uh, that Sadio Mane goal, which kind of, I think it kicked things off, didn't it? Uh, it's a perfect start, really. And uh, yeah, Bayern, Bayern were shell-shocked. And I think that's when the rest of Europe probably realised this. Liverpool team is something special like that get into the final the season before was no fluke and Liverpool are a genuine like they're one of Europe's best club best teams 
They are. And I mean, when I say this was going to be number, my number one, I was literally at this game. <laughs> I, and I, it was my first European away fixture. So obviously I was quite excited anyway. And that stadium is impressive. It really is. But to go in there and own it, and we did own it. Yes, Bayern managed to equalise. It was 1-1 at half time, But that second half performance, and particularly crowned with that towering Virgil van Dijk header, it very much was a levelling up for Liverpool, I think. And one that's rightly recognised within this show. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Okay, so Matt, in this snake draft, you get to go first with your number one. Now, I'm interested in seeing who you can pick, and I'm sure the rest of our audience are as well. Yeah, eh, there's there's so many. To be honest, the, the order of mine, one, two, and three, could easily just have been one, one, and one. I mean, they're all they're all so close, aren't they? I mentioned mentioned Madrid before that crossed my mind, but was it a statement? Probably not, because Liverpool were, were meant to win that game. That was a, a game that they were favourites for. I suppose it's a, a statement in the fact that they could cope with that pressure of being in a Champions League final and being the favourites, but they did win it and, and they were favourites in that one. So that that did cross my mind. There's Manchester City games. There's there's other games that you, you'd look at. Everton again, you know, Liverpool would be favourites to, to win those sorts of games. I think the one I'm going to go for is is Barcelona. I think that's a fairly obvious pick, but I think it it, it makes sense in as much as it was a team that, that Liverpool weren't meant to beat. I think it was a team that everyone had written off. Obviously, everyone knows that the story of what happened throughout that week. All of the things seem to go against Liverpool. No Mohamed Salah in there. Obviously, that's a huge loss. All of the, the things, it, it's an obvious pick, but yeah, I'm going to go for, for Barcelona. <laughs> to the surprise of very few. <laughs> um, I mean, again, we're, we're talking about all of our favourite Liverpool games, all the moments where they seemingly transcended all of our dreams. So it would be kind of churlish not to bring this game up, really, wouldn't it, Ben? And Matt mentions the week before, we can really kind of go into it because Liverpool had been unlucky in the new camp. I will say that till my dying day. That was not a 3 0 performance. But the fact is, it was almost like, oh, well, that's just what they do. That's just how it is. And you add the, that to the fact that at that stage in the title race, it looked like Man City weren't going to give us that slip up we needed. It was a feeling going into that game that this team has been so good for so long of the season. If it ended up empty-handed, it really could kind of kill so much of the momentum we built up over the previous two to three years. So to see it happen and the manner in which it happened, I mean, iconic moments, one, two, three, and four, and so many more. It's just, I mean, I could talk about this game forever. Yeah, I mean, they were they were starting a narrative about Liverpool being like a, a, a so close yet so far away team uh, by then because everyone had written us off. And like you said, at the Camp Nou, we were pretty good. Like, I I remember feeling quite good about that game uh, as, as it was going on. Like, and then Messi came along and just completely obliterated, it looked like, all our chances and our hopes. And then, based on that performance, we weren't really expecting much, especially with Salah out and, you know, Origi starting. And I think Shakiri started as well. Mm-hmm. So... To, to then produce that performance and and 
obliterate that Barcelona team who, who was still pretty good at the time. Like this is this is a, a good Barcelona side. They had, they had Busquets, PK, and uh, they couldn't do anything against the Anfield atmosphere. I, I mean, um, that that documentary uh, which showed them at half time just it was only one 0 at the time. Like they still had a three one advantage, and they all mm. looked like they they were just shattered. And both mentally and physically. And then even, I think, um, Barcelona's Twitter account had that iconic tweet about, like, oh, if Liverpool score one, we can still, we, we will surely score one or something like that. And, uh, yeah, that was uh, definitely an aura of arrogance about them. Mm. So to, to pull it off as well, <laughs> it, was, it was a very special moment. It was. It was special. Um, so special that I'm going to break my own rules I'm picking it as number one as well, simply because I'm not done talking about it. I, I mean, this is a day of celebration. It's the whole point of the show. Why should we deny ourselves this joy? Um, one of my favourite things about this game and the reason why it's been such a kind of a resonating statement is the aftermath. And I don't mean from a Liverpool perspective. I mean from a Barcelona perspective. I mean, we've all seen the memes and the stuff about Divo Carigi breaking Barcelona. But... You look at them now. <clears throat> I mean, we kind of did. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think, to be honest, the, the situation at Barca is so bad they would have found a way okay. to have done it. But All certainly, right. Liverpool's Coutinho didn't hurt either. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that as well. The fact that Coutinho was there in the team, and you know, for him to to leave because he wanted to lift that trophy, and for all his dreams to shatter at Anfield. It was uh, very ironic. It was was beautiful. It really was. And I mean, I feel like I'm tempted fate here or kind of thrown you a hospital pass, Ben, but you haven't picked your number one yet. And I'm not sure what there is. (laughs) I think my number one probably would have been Barcelona, but I was also tempted to pick um, one of the two games at Anfield against Manchester City in the Mm. 70s. In 18 season, um, I think I'm going to go with the first one, the 4 3 victory yes. when Manchester City came to Anfield. As they, they were talking about them having an invincible season, they were that yeah. good. People were comparing them to the invincibles and they were saying, like, they just can't be defeated. And Liverpool beat them pretty comfortably. I know it was only 4 4 3 was the scoreline, but. City City's last two goals were came kind of right at the end. Liverpool yeah. were four one up, and um, I think that was the first time as well. Like Pep Guardiola um, kind of realised that Liverpool were a force to be reckoned with. It, it sort of started that rivalry between Guardiola and Klopp, and uh, yeah, you, you you saw the aftermaths like like yeah. in the, in the Champions League, like when he was heading into Anfield, he was very fearful after the first game and then that first game led to the second game which was even more comfortable and and led to an even better moment in the Champions League and it could have ended in another Champions League victory as well we never Mm. know with Mohamed Salah getting injured against the Real Madrid we'll never know what will happen and if if Karius wasn't in goal but this is a positive show here babe we're not going down that road (laughs) (laughs) but 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 it it was i think it was a significant moment in terms of the liverpool man city rivalry which has kind of dominated 
uh, the Premier League and sometimes the Champions League even in the past few oh, seasons. No, it's, spot on. It, it, it's become the biggest game in England. I mean, obviously, TV purposes will probably still say the game that happened on Sunday was the biggest game in England. But, I mean, the reality is the game that decides what happens in the title, as we've seen pretty much in every season since, is still that fixture. I love the 4-3 game. Again, another one who I was lucky enough to be at. Um, I still vividly remember the fear of those last seven or eight minutes. But Ben's that right. Heather at the end. <laughs> oh, don't, don't do it, don't do it. But Ben is right, Matt. That was a performance where we showed them that we were there, at least they're equal for the majority of that game. And the only team brave enough and able enough to go toe-to-toe with them. Oh, absolutely. And there was some some brilliant goals in there as well. And, and Ben's right to say that it was kind of the one that, that instigated that sort of rivalry. That was the one that I think people then realised that Liverpool were on that level and they could compete and they could do that. And obviously, we, we all know what has, has happened since with, with City and Liverpool being so close, obviously, last season, the obvious caveat. But I think this season, we're going to see that again. And, and that is that is when it started, I think. For me, the the best Manchester City game, the one that that stands out most to me, um, is the the three nil in the Champions League. I think that was an even more enjoyable one to to be there for that one. Um, but I completely get the argument in terms of that was the first one, and, uh, yeah. and always the first one has to be a, a special occasion. I think the the comprehensive nature of that game, even though obviously it was a first leg, so they were still trying to talk up. Oh, anything can happen. I think. The fact that we were able to be three goals better than them so easily and completely throughout the game really was, again, a statement in itself. But, hey, we could be here all day having a great time talking about all these fantastic Liverpool victories. I'm still not sure where we're going to be placing the 5-0 at Old Trafford in the Pantheon once we're all said and done in three or four years' time. But... That's why we have these debates, because we just don't know. I hope you all listening have been enjoying it. If you've been thinking of any of your own that we haven't mentioned, feel free to throw them in the comments or even just have a big think about them or maybe even watch some reviews and replays of them. Let's just have a day where we remember how fantastic it is to support Liverpool Football Club. Matt, Ben, thank you for spending this time with me. All of you, L, we'll see you again soon. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.